Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is July 21st. Before we jump into today's Come Follow Me block, I wanted to just make a quick mention of the passing of Sister Holland. It happened today, so yesterday for those who are listening on the 21st. I don't always make mention of the people who pass away in the church, but I've just always really loved Patricia Holland. She spoke, she wrote books, but just the way she spoke, much like her husband, resonates with me quite a bit. One of my favorite quotes of her is she says, if I were Satan, I would keep women so distraught and distracted that they would never find calming strength and serenity, catching them in the crunch of trying to be superhuman instead of realistically striving to reach their individual purpose and unique God-given potential. We must have the courage to be imperfect. I love that last part. We must have the courage to be imperfect because really it's the adversary who's trying to keep us sorrowing and drowning in those imperfections rather than being able to recognize them and have courage to say, hey, you know what? I am not great here, but I'm going to try to be better. That courage to be imperfect is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And Sister Holland will be dearly missed. So let's continue on with today's Come Follow Me blog, and let's jump into chapter 11. Now, in chapter 11, the members of the church are going to begin to hear about the Gentiles receiving the word and receiving preaching, and they're not super happy with it. Listen to what it says. It says, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea, having heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest into men uncircumcised, and didst eat with them. Now keep in mind, eating with the Gentiles, associating with the Gentiles, would have been against the law of Moses. So this goes against what they thought, and this goes against the way that they thought. But something that I love about this chapter and about this experience is that we get an opportunity to learn about how we can better receive revelation from our leaders in the church. Here, Peter had had a very distinct, very clear understanding of what he was to do. And then when others get word of it, it's interesting to see how they respond and kind of the steps that they accepted in. And it's very telling of us when we receive something from our leaders, whether it's changes big or small. How do we receive the revelation that we are given from the leaders of the church? Are we like this group of people who are just so appalled and so adamant that Peter is wrong and shouldn't be doing what he was doing? There are people in the church, members of the church, believers in the church who receive words and receive teachings from President Nelson and the other leaders of the church like this, who just assume that they are wrong and become angry and upset about it. Do we do that? Do we sometimes fight the revelation that's given? Do we sometimes fight the words that are given to us by prophets and apostles? What's interesting here is that at this point, none of these people sought understanding. None of them sought revelation for themselves. None of them sought to try to figure out what was going on or where Peter was coming from. They were just instinctively reacting to the news that they had heard. I've shared this before, but I think it's worth sharing again. As a missionary, I used to teach this idea of prophets and apostles and revelation incorrectly, I think. As we were talking about this, I would have my fist out and I would have 
them put their fist over my fist. And I'd say, okay, I want you to follow my fist anywhere it goes. I just want you to follow my fist. And I would start out moving it slow and they could follow it okay. But then I would start to speed it up and it was difficult for them to anticipate what I was going to do. So they had a hard time following my fist and what I was going to do. Then I would place a pen in between my fist and their fist so that we were connected. And I'd say, now follow my fist. And it was super easy to do because they could feel and sense where I was going to go. And then I would say that is why we have prophets and apostles. It creates that link between heaven and earth so that we can better follow the Lord. Now, there are certain aspects of that that are right and true and good. I am so grateful that we have living prophets and apostles on the earth today so that we can receive revelations and better understand the will of the Lord. However, ending it there, just having a straight line between God and prophets and apostles isn't accurate. What I wish I had done instead was create a triangle, a triangle of revelation. Now, let's put the tip of the triangle at the top, and that's God. God now goes down the left side of the triangle, and that bottom corner, that bottom left corner is prophets and apostles. He speaks to the prophets and apostles. He guides them. He tells them his will and his desire. Now, that bottom line of the triangle is going to be the prophets and the apostles speaking to us. God communicates to the prophets, the prophets communicate to us. But unless we take that revelation back to God for confirmation, we have an incomplete triangle. It's my belief that God does not want us to just hear the words of the prophets and to say, okay, I guess that's it. He wants us to receive and seek revelation and confirmation of those things for ourselves. So here that's part of the problem with these believers. They heard what was going on. But rather than seeking revelation, seeking confirmation, seeking understanding, they just stopped it there. And my friends, that is a dangerous place to be in. Do we sometimes receive revelation that same way? We hear the words and then we just let it stop there, whether for good or for bad. Maybe we hear the words and we say, okay, that's good. We'll believe it and we'll follow it. Or do we hear the words and say, "Ooh, I'm not sure about that. I don't know how that feels or that might not sit right. And then do we just let it sit there and stew in that feeling? Either way, I don't think is desirable for God. Either way, whether we can accept it and believe it or whether we struggle with a little bit, I believe that God wants us to bring it back to him for confirmation and for personal revelation. President Nelson, in his first talk as the prophet, said, One of the things that the Spirit has repeatedly impressed upon my mind since my new calling as president of the church is how willing the Lord is to reveal his mind and will. The privilege of receiving revelation is one of the greatest gifts of God to his children. Through the manifestations of the Holy Ghost, the Lord will assist us in all our righteous pursuits. Does God really want to speak to you? Yes. As well might man stretch forth his puny arm to stop the Missouri River in its decreed course as to hinder the Almighty from pouring down knowledge from heaven upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints. You don't have to wonder about what is true. You don't have to wonder whom you can safely trust. Through personal revelation, you can receive your own witness. Regardless of what others may say or do, no one can ever take away a witness born to your heart and mind about what is true. I urge you to stretch beyond your current spiritual ability to receive personal revelation. For the Lord has promised that if thou shalt seek, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation, knowledge upon knowledge, that thou mayest know the mysteries and peaceable things 
that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth life eternal. Oh, there is so much more that your Father in heaven wants you to know. As Elder Neil A. Maxwell taught, to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is clear that the Father and the Son are giving away the secrets of the universe. My friends, our Father in heaven wants to reveal things to us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to show us the secrets of the universe, but it's up to us to approach the Lord, to seek revelation and confirmation of the things we learn and hear. Now in chapter 11, Peter begins to explain his vision, the things that he saw, the things that he heard, and the things that he felt. And in doing so, the Holy Ghost was able to testify to the hearts of those who heard, and they were able to have an experience with the Spirit to help them see the truthfulness of bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. My friends, the same can be true with us. When we hear the word of the Lord through prophets and apostles, if we are willing to hear and listen with an open mind, and if we are willing to seek revelation and confirmation for ourselves, the Holy Ghost can teach us, can testify to us, can remind us of truth, and can help us feel the power of the things that are being taught. My friends, it's my testimony that as we seek personal revelation, our Father in heaven will grant it. He is anxious to speak to us and to teach us his truths. But it is so important that we go through the effort and that we have the desire to feel and know and experience these things for ourselves. Having that personal experience with the Spirit, having that personal revelation can seal in our hearts the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.